You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. You're about to listen to a conversation that features myself and Steve Kilby. I'm a big fan of Steve's work. He is the front man and also bass player for the church. The reason for the conversation is to promote the show that he's doing in conjunction with a bunch of musicians, one of which I've already interviewed, that being Jeff Martin from the Tea Party. The show is called The Ones We Love, celebrating REM 1982 to 1992. Let's have a listen to what Steve has to say. This is a good one. Let's go. You're right, it's Andrew McCoy-Smith calling. How are you going? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm really glad that I finally get an opportunity to chat to you because I'm a uh, announcer and broadcaster with Four Triple Z. And when they put out the call a couple of months back that there was an opp- an opportunity to have a chat to you, I missed out. So I ended up having a chance to talk to Jeff about the REM show, Jeff Martin, that is, about the REM show. But, mate, the opportunity to talk to you is something that I've been looking forward to for a very long time because I'm a bass player and I've admired your work as a bass guitarist, something that I don't think you've nearly got anywhere near enough credit for doing. Um, But more to the point, I've admired you as a songwriter. So there you go. Well, that's a good beginning. I like you already. (laughs) <laughs> I'm ready to spill the beans on every subject now. All right, mate. Well, mate, you know, these bloody phoners, it's nobody's fault, mate, but they're always too short, aren't they? So I've only got 15 minutes, so I'll try and cram in as much as I possibly can. So I, All right. All I, right. Go for it. I guess I'd better ask you the obvious question, which is the reason for the conversation. Give us your perspective on the ones we love, celebrating REM 1982 to 1992. Um, well, um... Okay, um, Okay. so I'm going to come right from my perspective, so bear with me for a while. Sure. Um, when, I, when I started off, I, um, I was a bass player and I was a songwriter, as you've said, um, but I didn't think I was much of a singer, and I always thought the singing was the sort of worst and weakest part of everything I did, but still, I couldn't bear anybody else to do it. <laughs> um, so I did it myself, and over the years, it's, well, it's funny now, almost 40 years later, I think that people, and I've done a lot of singing now, so I'm a singing, mm. I'm a gun for hire, I've done Jeff Buckley, Tim Buckley, Leonard Cohen, David Bowie, The Go-Betweens, The Trippers, The Cure, um, there's some I've forgotten that I've done, um, I've, so I've become a bit of a... Uh, a gun for hire as a vocalist, mm-hmm. and I really enjoy I really enjoy the challenge of that. And I've also done a, a, quite a few gigs. Oh, another one was a, a band called Glide. There was I a remember band them. in the '90s called Glide. Yeah, Sydney yeah band. their singer died. Yeah, their singer died, and this band, which is uh, basically members of a lot of members of Glide at one stage or another. Um, that are making up the backing band in this REM shows. I've done shows with them before, with with the Glide show, then with the Cure show. And I've kind of, they're a really good band. They're a really good band. They're a band like um, whoever they, they sound like just whoever that they're, they're doing. And they really did an incredible job of pulling off the Cure, I think. Um, and I think they're going to do it. It's going to be very easy for them to do a good job of pulling off REM. Hmm. And because they're involved, and because it's a challenge, and um, I'm doing it. I'm I'm neutral to REM. Uh, I don't love them slavishly like I love David Bowie, but I'm neutral. 
Mm-hmm. But I think it's a good challenge to see what I can bring towards this. I don't know a lot about them. I haven't listened to them a lot. Um, so I'm kind of, I think with this this band, with this lineup, with all those people you're mentioning, um, all those people, sorry, you haven't been mentioned. Yeah, right. I know what you mean, though. You know? <laughs> yeah, there's heaps yeah, of yeah, guests. All, all those, yeah, all those, yeah all, those, all those guest singers. I think it's a really going to be a really good show and, in the quite in the spirit of what REM would have would have liked, yeah. um, you know, it's not like a it's kind of very alternative. All the people are kind of all alternative, independent sort of luminaries on a sort of a more sort of a left field sort of singers and stuff. And I think that's much better than if you had Barnsley and Farnsey. You know what I mean? And Delta oh, Blue. Oh God, yeah. Well, just, let's let's just a point you made earlier. So, who else are you collaborating with? I've already mentioned Jeff Martin from the Tea Party. He lives down the road from me here at Mullumbimby. Now you've got Ron. Uh, yeah, I'm on the Gold Coast, so Ronnie, not not too far. Ronnie Pino, who's like, he's one of the great original Australian vocalists. Yeah, died pretty. All yeah. very great idiosyncratic people. They're like in the spirit of Michael Stipe, you know, like a uh-huh. idiosyncratic individual sort of alternative sort of sort of guys. Um, Alana from the Hummingbirds, yep, who I'm doing a du- duet with. Um, uh, who else is it? You've got Trish Young from the Clouds. You've got um, yeah, Trish Young. Young, yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah, Peter Fenton from Crow, great band. Peter Fenton. Oh, he's he's one of my favourite people on the face of the planet. He will do an incredible job. Yeah. I, look, I just love all. The, I haven't met Jeff Martin yet, but I've met all. The, I know all the others, and they're all they're all a lot of fun to be around. And I like these sort of ensemble things. It's a real like doing the school play. You know what I mean? I do, and I like, like the idea around it too. I think you've nailed it. That's exactly what it feels like. Yeah. So so when we do the church, it's the same old guys doing the same old song, and we know. We, you know, every night we know we're going to be good. and But, you know, with these things, there's a lot of kind of nervous excitement and a lot of like, how did I go? How do I look? Yeah. What do you think <laughs> I should do? And, you know, I'm, I imagine, I remember doing the go-between show with Ronnie Pino and him, him, you know, like him and I talking to each other and about what we were going to do and how we we're going to do it. And we felt nervous and we felt worried. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like a really nice, I like I like being in an ensemble. I've done a few plays, and I really like that feeling. You don't get that feeling with a band. With a band, you're like just a four-headed monster, you mm-hmm. know, all yep. doing the same thing. But 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 when you have these ensembles and they pull different people together, uh, different players from different bands and different singers from different bands, I think it's really it's a great thing, and and usually pays off really well for the audience. I think they get a lot. They're going to get a lot of different takes on REM in one night. If it was just one guy coming on and singing all the songs, I think that's boring. But I think a lot of different people singing the songs is really good. And, you know, and especially when you've got women singing men's songs and men. I wish they'd have a Kate Bush night and have me singing some. I'd like to do some women's songs. Yeah, that'd be songs, cool. That'd be rad. Yeah. Men. Yeah, but it never happens, does it? No, like, it doesn't what happen. What about a. a like getting the best female songs of all time, but having all men doing them. Well, wouldn't that be fucking great? But Blondie and Patti Smith and Kate Bush <laughs> and the Supremes and Cilla Black and you know whoever else. Yeah, I, I all, get it. All the great females. 
And Steve, I'm going to yeah. plant, I'm going to plant the seed because I'm in a covers band and we play at the casino and all sorts of places. But we're covering Olivia Newton-John's "Let's Get Physical," mate. And because I had this conversation coming up with you, I'm playing a song. It's it's quite an overtly sexual song, as you're probably well aware. But I actually had this vision of you performing it in your own laconic style. So do you reckon that could be something that you do down the track? Let's get physical. 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 I want to get physical. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Um, are you guys sort of sending that song up, though, aren't you? No, no, no. We're doing it for real. No, we, we are deadly serious about it, I've got to say. We, our, our, my job being in a covers band, especially being a, a five-string bass player as I am, is to ensure I look at myself as the soundtrack to people's dancing. As you, You're a bass player, so you get it. So I've got to be up there and I've got to hit that root note, bang, 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 every single time, no matter what I do in between the measure of the beat, I need to come back in so as though the heel hits the floor first and then goes to the ball of the toe. So I'm, I'm deadly serious whenever I'm performing. I'm trying to honour whoever wrote the song. I don't think it was Olivia with all due respect, but I'm trying to honour whoever it was because it certainly gets people up and dancing. Really? I don't yeah. think that song deserves honouring, do you? Well, I, I think... I think certain. So I think there are certain songs. I don't think who are, see there are songs that people write just to make money. I think that's, that's one, one of them. them. I think someone sat down. Someone sat down and said, "Let's make a hit. Oh, let's write a hit." Um, what about you know this gym, this sort of gymnasium thing? Let's get physical. You know, we have Olivia in it. She'll look great in her gym tights. And <laughs> I sort of, I think I think thirty years later, for me, all that song deserves is a pastiche. I don't think it's a sort of, I don't think it's a, it's like a song you really can honour. Can you? Can you well, honour? It's well, like honouring an advertisement. Well, well, think of it, think of the perspective in which, I, so you're, you're a true artist, okay, so people are coming there to honour the performance that you put on, whereas with me, I'm a nobody, so being up on stage, I'm playing for people who are getting drunk and who are trying to escape the, escape the, the mon, mundanity yeah. of their bullshit day and their jobs and husbands or wives or whatever it might be so i i try to honor the song insofar as i've got an i've got a obligation to help people escape their their routine if you like that's that's the way i do it and it's true for mate i play bloody kylie minogue's locomotion as well that's that's a shitty song mm. that's a terrible bloody song there it is. that's that it is um yeah, yeah i prefer little eva's version Oh, I prefer almost any other version. I, I couldn't believe when I sat down to play along I to it. Well, it's got no groove at all. Yeah. It's a terrible bloody song. Whoever did that version of it for her, and I, no disrespect to Kylie here, she's gone on to do pretty magnificent things since then, but it's truly awful. It's not the song that you go back to revisit from your youth with any nostalgia. It's a shitty song. Sorry, just had to put mm. it out there. <laughs> mm. um, hey, I, I, think it's a case, I think it's a case of... Um, Kylie's poised to become a pop star. If you give her any old song at all, it'll work. And then they just gave her that that song. Yeah, well, she's not that good a singer, with all due respect, either. She's not Delta or whoa, you know, no, no, she's no, not. You know, so she she she's had not. to have a song with the, with the limits of her of her uh, yeah of her talent, if I can say that. You know, but yeah. mate, I, you you've alluded to something earlier, and I'm really glad you did because I'm not a big fan of REM either. Okay, and I, when I say not a big fan, I don't own any of their records. If they're on the radio, I don't turn it off, but I don't choose to put them on. And yeah. I, th I thought it was a bit unusual. Now, I know you've got to do what you've got to do to earn bread and, and do this stuff, but I actually thought it should have been the other way around. REM should have been honouring you, and here's why. I can't count how many artists have honoured you over the years. So if I was going to start with someone who's 
who's, who's an extraordinarily impressive performer, a musician and an icon of our scene, Jimmy Little. Okay, so there's Jimmy Little who's honoured you. You've got Rick Springfield, Grant Lee Phillips, Coheed and Cambria, that wonderful band from the United States, The Killers did a version of a performance of um, Under the Milky Way in 2008 or 2009. Sia actually went so far as to releasing a a single version of the track that you wrote there. So I actually think that you've had, it might just, internationally I get that people might only know you for that one song, but I know you for plenty of other songs, and I think the people that honour you know you for your entire catalogue, but you're one of those people worth honouring. So has anybody ever come up to you and said, look, we want to honour the church and Steve Kilby and we want to put this project together? What do you think? There, um, okay. About three years ago, someone, um, uh, we had a manager and still with the distributor we were in, in Australia, I had an idea for doing this um, and getting all those people you mentioned to do some, and others, do um, a church song and put together a church compilation album of other people who like the church doing our stuff. Hmm. Um, and it fell through for lack of, it's still, it's still on the table and it still gets mooted every now and then. I think, I think one day someone will drive it home. Um, but um, yeah, I think it needs to be done outside of Australia, killers. mate. Though I don't think we've got a true. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. No, the killer, no, the killers and the pumpkins and the Afghan wigs and some other bands were already all on board and ready to do it. Um, and Green Day, like the Church, mm. Green Day. Uh, you'd be surprised. No, I know. No, but no, but it, and Radiohead and the Smiths and the Cure. Because we just did Robert Smith's festival. It's like a lot of people like the church. There's a lot of people we could go to and possibly get on the record. It takes a lot of organisation and stuff, and it's out there for someone to do. But mm. I hope it gets done. But I can't do it myself. I can't. I can't fucking ring up. I can't ring people and go, "Hey, you want to sing one of my songs on a record? Yeah. We're going to give you five thousand dollars. Go and do it." <laughs> But, yeah. but, you know, it's um, there are there are a lot of there are a lot of we could have all big names and have an album of people doing our songs for sure. All right, I'm almost out of time. That's just like this is the issue with these phoners, mate. But it's still it's the opportunity for me to have a chat to you. So I've got to, I'm going to ask you. Okay, one. well, I'm not... um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a deep cut. There's a deep cut. Well, within your your catalogue, okay. The song is called "As You Like It." So. That was on my favourite songs growing up. It was on the Reckless Kelly soundtrack. What, really? Yeah, I love really? that track, mate. I played it to death on that tape. Yeah, I did. I truly did. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So I what never you... think about that song. In... Why is that? That's a killer cut. Oh, really? No, God, I never. Um, I never even think about it. That's really funny. I I was wondering what you were going to say, and when you said that, I really, I really thought that was funny. Um, but, um this guy. Uh, Yahoo Serious yeah. asked me to write a song for his movie and um, that's the song I came up with. It's a good song. It's a yeah. bloody good song, mate, that one hey, there. That... Mate, it's all yours. Hey, go forth and do it. Well, I've, I've done it, to be honest with you. I, I sing it to my kids on the acoustic guitar. It's one of those tracks. It's I, what? I sing it on the acoustic guitar to my kids. I've got two young girls. Oh, okay. All right. 
So I sing it oh, to good. them. I sing good. that, and um, of course, everybody knows under the Milky Way. So I sing that to them as well. Yeah, and they love that. But well, they're yeah. okay. You know, they love that, mate. So no, I just wanted to know what your thoughts are on that. It's, I mean, I'm in a unique position as a passionate music fan to talk to many of the artists whose music I've been listening to for thirty plus years, and this is one of those occasions. Yeah, wow. Able to ask the artist who performed. Oh, I will. Thank you. Yeah. You know, mate, Thanks my, a lot. My final question, I know I've only got time for one or two more minutes, mate, but bass playing. I'm a bass player, as I've alluded to already, but how, yeah. how important is that to your musicianship and being an artist? Bass playing? Yeah. Bass playing to me is so fucking easy and so I'm so used to it and I don't... It's just like... I... Um, it's so... It's And you know... It's great because I'm in play. You know, you would expect this because I've been doing it. I'm almost 64, and I started playing when I was 16, so I've almost been playing for 50 years. Just a couple of years short of 50 years of bass playing, and playing a lot of bass. Um, it, and I'm hopefully a human being after doing something for 50 years would be good at it, <laughs> like anyone would. Like even if you've got the most untalented man in the world and made him play bass for 50 years. At the end of 50 years, I reckon he'd be good. He'd have to be. It's like if you're a carpenter or a, if you're a carpenter or a bus driver or a pilot or a brain surgeon, you know, at mm. this stage of the game, you've been doing it all your life. You'd want to be really good. So it's really good. It's really easy. Um, every now and then I get a breakthrough. I sort of, wow, I can do that as well. I didn't think I could do that. My fingers sort of just do it all on their own. It's really funny. It's like um, I don't have to put a lot of work into it. It's sort of like I have such a different gig from the other guys in the church. They all go on there. They've got all these bits and pieces they have to do. The drummer, um, the two guitarists have got these complicated setups with thousands of pedals and switches. Our drummer's got a, you know, this great big drum kit, plus he's running all this stuff on the side that he's playing with all these different sets of pads and electronic drums and samples that he hits. And um, I just go on stage. I haven't got any effects. I plug in and it all just sort of comes out on a sort of a reel. Hmm. It's like the voice voice sings um, and the fingers play and I just stand back. Yeah, it's a really good way of describing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of like... So I find... I find with my bass playing, get out of the way and let it sort of happen. And it's sort of, um, I've got a really beautiful bass that I've had now for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. And um, we're, um, we sort of work together. I feel like the bass, this bass is a really important bass to me. I'd be really, I'd be devastated if I lost it. I've put a lot of time and energy into it. And it seems like, I know this sounds really kooky, it seems like it gives it back. Mm-hmm. When it's when I'm really having a great night, no, I understand. It's a really weird thing. But the bass seems to be playing itself, like just like wow, the bass is sort of helping me, as opposed to like when I'm rehearsing and I hate rehearsing, and the bass is hanging around my neck, not doing a thing. And it's going, you know, I'm going boom, boom, boom. The bass is going, yeah, you know, hanging around my neck, weighing a ton, giving me a sore back. And then I go on stage and the audience are loving it and I'm loving it. The bass is as light as a feather and it feels like it's sort of made of velvet and silk. You know what I mean? But when, when you're rehearsing and lugging around, it feels like a great big heavy old stupid thing hanging around your neck. 
It's really strange. No, I really... I, and if I heard this... if When I was starting to play, if someone had said all this, I would have gone, oh, yeah, that's a load of rubbish. But um, I'm really... It's a sort of an... It's organic matter. It's Remember, this is seriously my theory, so we're going in deep here, but I'm going to tell you what I believe. Um, you know how, how wizards had staffs and witches had wands? and Or people would use um, crystal... Oh, look, next interview's here. Sorry, mate. I've got to go. No worries, mate. Good chatting to you. Really enjoy it. Over just like that. I wish I could talk to Steve a lot more because God knows I had a lot more questions to ask him. But there you have it, Mr. Steve Kilby. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars broadcast. No, you're not. It's a podcast. Yes, the podcast series. Thanks so much for listening.